the one who started the church through the task of Jesus. What are some of the words, what are some of the statements that come to mind when you think of the Apostle Peter? And you can shout them out as you have them. He walked on water. Not too many people can say that. Foot in his mouth. And he knew what it tasted like. And it probably tasted like a dollar after waltzing. He's going to betray me three times. That was Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. All these different things come to mind when you think about Peter. But how many people, even if you didn't raise your hand, think about Peter as someone who praised God, who loved to bring glory to God? If you take the 66 books of the Bible and and to look at the term praise, And then look for the term glory. Peter, he uses the term praise more than any other book outside of Psalms. He uses it per chapter. If you were to look at per chapter, he uses the word praise more than any other book except Psalms. And if you take the word glory, bringing glory to God, a glorious God, just the form of that word. Peter mentions that term more than any other writer per chapter in 1 Peter. It's five chapters in 1 Peter. He uses some form of the word glory 12 times as he's writing and encouraging the disciples there. More than the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, he uses it. More than the Gospels. Any of the four gospels, he uses the word glory more than any one of those. And even Revelation, right? That's, that's Jesus coming back. He uses the word glory and uses the word praise more than any of those books. Peter, not only did he use the word praise and glory, but he did this in the midst of being persecuted, flogged, chased after chased out of town, and he's still talking about how much he wants to praise our God and bring glory to our God. That's amazing, isn't it? That this man, that a lot of times we think about the rock, we think about the denying, we think about the walking on water, putting his foot in his mouth. But after all that, once he got his foot out of his mouth, all he could do was praise his God. The question I have for you guys and for me is what can we learn from Peter in regards to praising God and giving God the glory? And I'm definitely a student of this topic because this is an area that I want to grow in my relationship with God and in my intensity and how deeply I praise and bring glory to God. So as we go through this journey together, this next 15 minutes, I'm going to make it quick today. And you're like, whoa, what's happening there? That's because you guys are going to get rid of all your dirty money up here, and I'm going to take it. (laughs) But I want to get two simple points about how Peter praised God. Before we jump into the scriptures, I go to God in prayer. Dearly Father, as we come to you this afternoon, I just thank you for giving us the opportunity to praise you. 
to sing songs about how we want to grow in the depth of our love for you. To be able to hear from John chapter 10 about we want to hear your voice. Not only hear your voice, but to hear the son of your Jesus' voice, but to follow it. Because Jesus is in heaven, and that's where we want to be. I thank you for Walt sharing his heart, sharing the thoughts of how you want, you want to bless, but you do require us to give. And ironically enough, everything that we have comes from you. I pray for this time. I pray for our minds. I pray for our hearts to be clear and attentive and focused on your word so we can get the most out of it and bring glory and praise to your name. We love you and all this we pray in Son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you guys can turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. We're going to start. This is going to be the, the key passage for our time together. And for time's sake, we have it here projected. But I want to read it to you guys real quickly. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. Peter writes, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over what? A multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I got a question. How much does it matter to you for God Almighty to receive the praise? For our God Almighty to get the glory? Is that something that we think about? Is that something that we contemplate week in and week out? Is that how I treat my wife, how I treat my kids, how I treat my husband, how I treat my coworkers, how is that going to bring glory to God? My tone, my sarcasm, my encouragement, my building up, all these are for the opportunity for us to either bring praise to God, glory to God, or to take it away from him. My first point is be alert and sober-minded. If we're going to praise God like Peter did, we must be alert and sober-minded. I have a picture of the guy that I admire when it comes to basketball most, Michael Jordan, because he was a guy that was very focused. He was a very alert and very sober-minded when it came to the subject of basketball. He won many championships, but he also had many defeats. But he had one thing in mind. How can I get better? How can I be focused so that I can bring the victory? Today, I'm not going to talk about the victory of basketball, amen? Many of us are past our prime when it comes to basketball. And you're like, what is basketball, brother? But I do want to talk about being alert, being clear-minded, 
being sober, sober-minded and of self-control. Many of us, we major in distractions, don't we? We can be distracted easily. We go to God with the intent, we're going to pray to you for the next five minutes straight. We start praying, and what happens? Oh, do I need to check that right now? Oh, sorry, God. Let me come back. We start praying again, and you're like, oh, wait a second. Do I need to be at work early today? You start praying again, and you're like, oh, is, is that my son calling from the bathroom needing help? All these different things are trying to grab our attention from who? From God. So Peter writes, therefore, be clear-minded or be alert and sober-minded so that you can pray. The power of prayer. This is just a few. Listen to just a few of these psalms about prayer. Psalm 46, verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So part of being alert, sometimes we have to be still. And one of the things I loved doing growing up was looking at wild discovery and seeing the lions and the tigers and the cheetahs and how they went out to their prey. And I remember the gazelle because the gazelle, they were fast, but they had no power when it came to the lion or the tiger. So anytime they heard something, what happened? They, they, they looking. They're like, shh, be, be, be quiet, gazelle. Gary the gazelle, be quiet. I need to hear. I need to be alert to what's going on because it could be a life or death situation. And God knows for us that being still, not always, but it's times that we need to be still so that we can hear the voice of God. Amen. In Psalms 104, verse 34, the writer says, may my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. And Psalm 119, verse 15, it says, I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. So Psalm 104, 34 and Psalm 119, verse 15, one talks about meditation so that I can rejoice in the Lord. One talks about I meditate on whose ways? His ways. So meditation has a goal in mind. It's not to clear our mind and think of just nothing, but to think about what God wants us to think about. To think about his ways. To think, think about his precepts. To think about his word and how his word is going to apply to my life. And it makes much more sense, this passage in 1 John 5.14, when it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God in prayer. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So he's saying, if we're asking God for things that are within the will of God, he's going to give it to you. 
He's going to like, here, there you go. I'm glad you asked for it. Thank you for asking for joy, for humility, for patience, for kindness, for wisdom. Ask. Because God is not a genie, right? He's not up there just trying to just give you what you want. Instead, he's trying to give you what he wants you to have. But how many times do we not take the time to pray, to be alert, to be clear-minded, so that we can connect to God? And in America, this is very important, right? Because we have, like we mentioned earlier, so many distractions. You may have distractions right now. Looking at the PowerPoint, you're like, why are you putting Michael Jordan up here? Everybody know LeBron better than Michael. Everybody know Kobe better than Michael. Larry, Magic. We might be distracted even with that. And hopefully I didn't add distraction to you if you wasn't distracted, amen? But how important it is for us to be alert and connected so that we can truly see where God is trying to take us. And when I think about 2018 and where God has taken us, I'm excited. I'm excited about the stepping up time that we have with the guys on Monday nights. I mean, we, I mentioned it last week. We had about 60 guys out for that. I'm looking forward to the whole man, the, uh, the whole man process that we're doing for men's midweek, where we're breaking the guys up into seven different groups. The physical, the guys that, that, that really have their strength is the physical nature. The guys, their strength is spirituality or emotions or occupation or the environment. Seven different ways that we have strengths. And we're going to break those guys up into groups, and they're going to start doing the midweeks. I'm excited. I'm excited about more of the talents and the gifts that are sitting in this audience right now being used for the glory of God so he can get the praise. Amen? Amen. In order for that to happen, we must be alert. And as David had talked about earlier during the communion, alertness requires us to open up our Bible. Alertness requires us to spend some time speaking to God and getting his instruction. Alertness and self-control requires being disciplined enough to get with other men and women who are going to sharpen me and that I can sharpen them. Because for sure, if we're not committed to being sharpened by one another, we will not grow. It just won't happen. But if we are committed to it, this is not going to be enough room. We're going to have to have six or seven services here at the Plano facility. So my first point, let's not be foggy-minded. Let's not be distracted. But let's be alert and sober-minded. Amen? My second point, and definitely the most important one, when it comes to the part that we play in bringing praise and glory to God, is loving deeply. And I have this picture here. This was at an Arizona Diamondbacks game about six years ago. It was a home run being hit, and this guy reached over the side to try to get that, the ball. And luckily, he had a group of witnesses 
to keep him from planting his face solidly into the ground. I show this picture about loving deeply because in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, real quickly, it says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. That word deeply comes from a Greek word that means stretched out fully because I'm completely tight at maximum potential without slack because I'm fully extended to its necessary outcome. Deep love. I'm stretched out. I'm holding the weight of the men and women that's in my life. I'm sacrificing. I'm having them over to my home, and I'm inviting myself over to their home. We're sharing what God is doing in our life. We're sharing what we wish God to do in our life. We're fully stretched. And this is an area that always convicts me. Is that am I fully stretched and deeply loving not only God, but the people that God has put in my life? Starting with my family and working my way out. Because if we are loving deeply, we can have this same attitude that Peter is having. That even though he's going through struggles, even though that he's going through suffering, even though his marriage may be tough and his kids may be rowdy, and our job, it may not be what we want it to be. But when we can love deeply, it changes our perspective. When we love deeply, who are we thinking of more than ourselves? Others. Others. We think about how can I encourage the teens? How can I encourage the marrieds, the singles? How can I encourage my Bible talk? How can, who can I share the word of God with? In John chapter 15, verse 13, the ultimate example of loving deeply, Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the pinnacle of love. It's to lay down your life. So what does that mean? Your home, your car, your money, your time, at your job, all that is given to God. And that can be tough sometimes, right? Because sometimes we, we want to be selfish with our time. You're like, hey, man, I need at least 12 to 15 hours to myself a day. Just give me about 12 to 15 hours, and I'll be all right. And I'll be ready to serve after that. Then it's time to go to bed, right? But Jesus said, I want to lay down my life for my friends. You think about that concept of God and his children. As I think, you know, you got Steve, he has his uh, grand, grandson here. He got his daughter here from San Antonio. And I think about that, that illustration of how God truly does lay down everything he needs for us. His arm may still start cramping up, holding us. His nice robe that he's wearing might got some spit up on it because of, because of some of the things that we do. But is he going to put us down? No. 
because he loves us deeply. He's fully stretched, and he showed it with Jesus. And in John chapter 12, verse 24, it says, Very, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus said, in order for us to love deeply, it's going to be sacrifice involved. It's going to be early morning. It's going to be late nights. It's going to be long phone calls with that brother or sister that just keep on repeating himself. But that's all right. That's okay. Because we want to love deeply. Because sometimes we're going to be on the other side of that phone. And I'm going to be like, I don't know how to be a good husband. I don't know how to raise a teenage daughter. She driving me crazy. She demon possessed. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what's happened. She, she's only eight years old. I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm just speculating. <laughs> just speculating here. But we're going to be on both sides of the phone call, right? And my, my challenge for all of us is to love deeply, to be stretched so that God can get the glory. How does loving deeply lead to the praising of God? How does us stretching and really giving ourselves to each other, how does that lead to someone praising God? Well, I know for me, 14 years ago, or Actually, when I was 14, not 14 years ago, someone spent time explaining the kingdom of God to me. My mom and dad sat down with me, reading the word, sharing their lives with me and my brothers. And they helped me to see my pride. They helped me to see the lust in my heart. They helped me to see the deceit that was going on. The love that they have of not giving up on me, not only my mom and dad, but the other brothers and sisters, especially the brothers who shared so many scriptures with me to let me see what true love really looked like. And when I got baptized at the age of 14, guess what happened? All my sins was washed away. That covering of the sin that was talked about earlier, I would never experience that if it wasn't for brothers and sisters like you sitting down and loving me, taking me bowling, taking me to the arcade and whooping me and Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> Those are the type of things that we remember and that we can have an opportunity to do for those that are around us, amen? Think about other situations out there. We got coworkers, family members who are struggling to get out of the ruts of life. They're struggling to find their purpose. They're struggling to find their mission. They're struggling to find where they belong. Our love can help them out. And I know I wouldn't be praising God right now, playing the cajon, preaching the word of God, being encouraged and encouraging others if it wasn't for someone loving me deeply. 
Let's all commit to loving each other deeply, amen? Because loving deeply, how does that help people to praise God? Because when that sin is taken away from us, when we're able to look at God and see him face to face, when he uses the faith in the water of baptism and use repentance and use the grace and the mercy that he wants to share with each and every one of us, when he uses that to take away our sins and give us an out, all we can do is praise God and give him the glory, amen? Because now when he comes back, when he sends his son Jesus back, I'm going to be flat out happy. I know that much. I'm going to be like David with his last week at work. I'm going to be partying all the time. I mean, we're going to be partying in heaven, amen? But that's only when you look forward to seeing Jesus. If you like, I don't even know who this Jesus is. The words of David, sit down and ask somebody. <laughs> ask someone, and they will share who this Jesus is that we're looking forward to seeing one day. In closing, in order for us to praise like Peter, we must be alert and sober-minded. Because we have to keep that communication, the prayer communication with God. So we must be alert. We must be sober-minded. And we also, we must be committed to loving deeply. We must stretch ourselves, not just stretch ourselves for our kids and just for education, just for our jobs, but stretch ourselves for the brothers and the sisters and the neighbors and the co-workers that we're reaching out to because they truly do. Their souls, their spirits, they want to praise God as well. So we can all be Peters and what's the girl version of Peter? Peter Patricius, you know, we could all be Peters and Patricius if we learn to praise, to love deeply and have a clear mind and God will have the glory. Amen. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer and we will be dismissed. Dearly fathers, we come to you. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to praise you every day. We don't have to wait to Sunday afternoon. We don't have to wait till Wednesdays. We can praise you in our car. We can praise you in our job. We can give you glory in all situations. I pray for us to be alert. I pray that we clear our mind. I pray we silence our phones at times so that we can connect with you, so that we can get our marching orders from you. I thank you for putting people in our life that, that love to love us that are stretched, that don't mind giving the maximum effort to convince us of who you are. I thank you for the friends and family that are here right now. I thank you for opportunities to be able to encourage and be encouraged. But more than anything else, I thank you for giving us the opportunity to learn and to be more like you, that we can be alert, that we can love deeply, and as we leave, as we uh, converse in fellowship today, that we can think of one way that we can love deeply and one way that we can connect with you. We love you, and all this we pray 
In your son Jesus' name, amen. 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 We are dismissed. Enjoy the week.